Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. talking about the dichotomy. Dichotomy is a theological word that says that two opposite things that should not coexist actually coexist in perfect harmony. Just like fear and faith. We think that fear and faith should not coexist. They seem like they're on opposite sides of the spectrum until you realize that fear, not only can it coexist with faith, it is actually the prerequisite for faith. You cannot have faith unless you are afraid. Faith is what you do when you are afraid. They work together. And if you have both, that doesn't mean that you are less of a Christian. It doesn't mean you don't have faith. It means you are a Christian and you do have faith. When you do faith right, you ought to be afraid. That's all I'm saying. Today, we're going uh, to look at, we're going to uh, evaluate another dichotomy, another dichotomy, and it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and it's Paul approaching the Corinthian church about helping the church in Jerusalem financially. There's a great famine, and they need to be fed, and so they go to the church in Corinth to say, church in Corinth, can you help them out? But the problem with the church of Corinth is they ain't got much money either, and they don't got much resources either. And so now the church of Corinthian, the Corinthian church just got put in a tight spot by Paul because now they're caught, and let me see if you can relate to this, they're caught between the reality of their need and the responsibility to feed. Here's the tension I want to explore today. It's the tension between need and feed. Have you ever been caught in the tension between need and feed. Let me say it another way. Have you ever been put in a position where somebody has asked something from you that you were in short supply of yourself? I know I am. Every Monday night, every Tuesday night, every Thursday night, and sometimes every Sunday morning. Sometimes every Sunday morning. See what I did there? <laughs> sometimes every Sunday morning. Every Monday night, uh, my wife, uh, it's date night. And that's a problem for me. I mean, I love date night. Don't get me wrong. I should reword that. Not a problem for me. I love date night. Um, <laughs> But in date night, my wife requires something of me that I'm in short supply of on Monday, and it's my attention. That's all she wants. She doesn't ask for much on date night. She just wants eye contact. When we first were married, my way of doing date night was to put on the television, and we would watch it together, and and she would talk, and I just would look at the television. But then one day, she asked me a question. And I was like, mm-hmm. And she was like, that's not the right answer. And I was like, oh, my, my bad. So now I'm not allowed to look anywhere else when she's talking. I have to look exactly at her. And now in this later stage of marriage, I find myself giving her my attention, even though I don't have it because on Mondays I'm wrestling with Sundays because I just got out of it. And I'm wrestling with all of the meetings that I had on Mondays, a lot of people going through a lot of stuff. And so I got all this on my mind. I don't have it, but I give her what I don't have. And somewhere in the middle of that date night, I'm invested, I hear it, I'm engaged. Even though I don't have it to begin with, I got it because I gave a little bit that I have. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, I'm low on energy. That's a problem because Tuesdays and Thursdays are my daddy days. And so my home, every Tuesday and Thursday from 5.30 to 6.30, I spend one hour with one boy. I've got two boys. So I spend one hour with Justice and then I spend one hour with Zane. And these boys, they don't want to sit down and watch television. When I first had kids, I thought, this is good. We'll just sit down and watch television, and we'll use that, and we'll define that as quality time. By the way, stop using the television as an excuse for quality time. It's easy because you don't got to engage. You don't got to talk, but we all know what's happening. We all tired. 
Because you put on the TV and I talk to each other. So my kids weren't having it. They're like, no, we want to play Legos. And we want to play instruments. And we want to pray. And anyway, and so I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, and it would be so hard. But I would give them the little energy that I had. And I don't know when it happened. Maybe it was after a laugh at a joke that I made. Or after, Daddy, I love you so much. Or, Dad, thanks for spending time with me. Somewhere in the middle of it, the energy that I was running short on, I got it. Even though I didn't have it. Because I gave the little that I had. Somewhere, Have you ever done that? Spent time with your kid? And you're like, I don't have the energy. But then in the middle, just boom, it, it rushes over you. Because you gave the little bit you had. And on Sundays, some Sundays, some Sundays, I have to come up here, I have to be well-dressed and, you know, have a clean haircut, and, and you need something from me. Every Sunday, you need hope. Every Sunday, you need direction. Every Sunday, you need guidance. Every Sunday, you need confidence. Every Sunday, you need clarity. And what you don't know is that a lot of Sundays, when I step up here, I am in short supply of all those things myself. But my need... The reality of my need does not relieve me from the responsibility to feed. And then when I do it, when I preach, even though I don't think I have anything to preach, I'm like, you heard all my stories. At this point, I'm just making stuff up. At this point, just yesterday I got hit by a car. I didn't get hit by a car. I just made, every story I preach is true, I promise. Every story I preach, mostly true. <laughs> Exaggerating, but mostly true. Mostly true. Now you're going to wonder. Anyway, I promise you. But then I go out into the lobby, and I hear testimony this experience did for you. And I go, well, I don't know where in the sermon it happened, but something I did not have because I gave the little I did. I got what I did not have. Here's the first point of the sermon. I don't have it, and I got it. It's a crazy dichotomy. It should not work together. But have you ever been in that position? Where somebody has asked something from you, a boyfriend has asked something from you, a spouse has asked something from you, children have asked something from you, your boss has asked something from you, your friends have asked something from you, your church has asked something from you, and you, and you only have a little bit, and it's really easy to hold on to the little bit that you have, but if you don't give the little bit that you have, here's what, you'll never get it. You don't have it, but if you give it, you'll get it. Why, what do we read in the Bible? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this, Paul's talking to the Corinthian church. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. This is the principle of sowing and reaping, and what I love about this principle is you don't even have to believe in God to believe in this. This is common sense. We'll say it another way uh, in, in not church circles. We'll say you get out of it what you put into it. Yeah. it you don't even got to believe in God to believe in that. If you, you want to reap good grades, journey you, <laughs> you got to sow study time. <laughs> But if you don't sow study time, you will not reap good grades. Don't not study, get a bad grade, or pray for a good grade and call that faith. Like, that's not going to work out. I used to do that all the time. On the multiple choice test, I just see Christ. See, 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 I was like, the blood of Jesus shall help me pass this. See, 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 see. Sometimes I go to B for the blood, you know, but most of the time, see, 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 see. Whenever there was a D, I was like, that's the devil. We'll leave him alone. You know, just praying my faith. And God's like, nah, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. A lot of us complain about our friendships. She don't call me. Why she don't ever call me? She has my number. She knows I'm going through a tough time. Why don't she call me? Easy, because you never called her. You reap. The last time I checked, your phone number, your phone has a place to hear and a place to dial. So if you don't ever call nobody... Why would you complain about nobody ever calling you? You reap what you sow. 
It works like that with your health. You cannot sow a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts and reap good cardiovascular health. Some of y'all can't even worship it like, you reap what you sow. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, okay? Like, you can't reap that and then try to sow that and then reap a six-pack. It just don't happen. You reap what you sow. In church, I hear it all the time. I wish I was more connected in church. Well, are you in a small group? Because if you sow yourself into a small group, you'll find the community that you want to reap. Well, I wish I could just be more involved. Are you serving on a team? Because if you sowed your time into serving on a team, you would feel more connected. You would feel more like you're a part of something with purpose. Well, you know, the worship just doesn't hit me like it did at my other church. I wish that I could, you know, really engage in the worship, but then the worship just doesn't really do it for me. Of course it doesn't, because while the song's happening, you're not clapping, you're not raising your hands, you're not singing along, you're not even tapping your foot. Like the least you could do while we're singing our hearts out here is tap your foot. You could at least tap your foot. You think you're hiding underneath that mask. We know you're not engaged. You're not even tapping your foot. And then you wonder why you're not enjoying the experience because you reap what you sow. You get out of worship what you put into worship. I learned this early on. That's why you see me hype up here and jumping and spinning and doing backflips and dying underneath my mask. It's because I learned at a young age that whether the worship team was good or bad, and by the way, they're awesome, but if they're good or bad, I'm not going to let the quality of the music determine the quality of my worship. They didn't die for me. They didn't give their life for me. I'm not singing because they on beat. I'm not singing because I like the hook. I'm singing because Jesus gave his life for me and died on the cross for me. That's why I sing. Hey, you can have a great worship experience every day of your life. Journey Youth, y'all came back from conference. You can have conference every Sunday if you worship here like you worship there. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. I learned that. You can do it. It's reap what you sow. But the principle is not just you reap what you sow. The principle is deeper than that. The principle is you reap if you sow. It sounds the same, but it's a huge, huge difference. You reap if you sow, if you sow. I have a need right now. My need is sound. If this microphone were to die and you wouldn't hear me very well, I wouldn't be able to hear myself very well. Sound is my need. Also, I don't have the preacher voice. Like I hear myself online and I'm like, dude, you sound like you're 14. <laughs> well, I wish I had, you know whose voice I wish I had? T.D. Jakes. I wish I had old boy's voice, man. He just says, open your Bible. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, my God. Yeah, Jesus. You just, just open your Bible. He's in it already. Like, yes, Lord. I don't have it. I sound like a teenager, you know? So I need this mic. I tell him, I'm like, put it loud when I preach, okay? Before the Holy Spirit kicks in, we need the bass to do some of the work, you know? I don't have it. But that's okay that I don't have it because I'm connected to a system. And in this system, if I give the little I have, the little I have gets amplified and comes bouncing off those walls. I'm pretty sure there was a verse in the Bible that said, whatever you give will come pressed down, shaken together, running over, back unto you. I'm a part of a system that if I can just give the little I have to this microphone right here, then the little I have gets multiplied out there. It's a sound system. It has a receiver and a giver. That's the giver, the speaker. Now that you know how the sound system works, 
Oh, by the way, you know what it's called out there, what you're listening to right now? You're not listening to my sound. You're listening to my feed. That's the technical audio term for what you're hearing right now. You're hearing my feed. So please don't let it go over your head, the fact that I am meeting my need because and by giving you your feed. Now, that's how the sound system works. Receiver, giver. Here's the other thing. That's how the sound system works, but that's also how the soul system works. The soul system, by the way, we all have one. It's that part of inside of us that doesn't show up on tests, doesn't show up on psychiatric exams, but we all know it's there. You can't test your soul in a blood test, but we all have it. It's our emotions, our heart, our, our, our soul. Your soul system has a receiver and a giver, and it is designed to do both things. And if you withhold one part of that system, if you try and give without receiving, you'll burn out. Many of us do. But if you try and receive and not give, something else happens. It breaks down. See that speaker? That speaker is pointed to you. As long as that speaker is pointed to you, we're fine. Because I'm receiving and giving. But if I were to say I need more, if I were to say I need more sound, and now I were to walk over to that speaker to get more sound, because I need more sound. Watch what will happen as I approach this speaker. Hey, speaker. Hey, speaker, I need more sound, speaker. Hey, speaker. Hey, speaker, I need more sound, speaker. <laughs> you get the point. I always wonder what that sound was. That is some research. It's a, a loop. See, what happens is that the sound that I'm giving is supposed to go out to you. But when I get close to the speaker, the sound that I'm giving goes into the speaker, the speaker makes a sound, and it comes back to the receiver. So in this system, because it's not working how it's supposed to, there's no giving. There's just receiving. The sound wave is going between my mic and that speaker at the speed of sound over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until you hear the That's what that is. That sound, my sound, what I'm supposed to be giving, stuck in a loop of receiving. And the crazy thing about feedback, oh, by the way, it's called feedback. Not feed forward. Not feed you, feed me, feed back. And when I'm in a situation of feedback, not only is my need not met because I can't hear myself, yeah. your need isn't met either because you can't hear me either. I'm just trying to give you a new way of a new vocabulary for explaining the way you feel. Because some of y'all have been stuck in a loop in life. And what you need to know is it's spiritual feedback. Your life with Christ You've been at church for a long time. I'm just, I don't know. You know, I just feel like I'm not growing. I'll tell you why. Because you're stuck in a loop of receiving. And the only way to break, the, the only way to break it is to go from need to feed. There are things in your life that you are wanting God to do in your life that God cannot do because he knows it's going to get stuck in a loop. I wrote it like this if you're taking notes. If God can't get it through you, he will never get it to you. If God can't get the sound through you, he will never give it to you. Some of y'all are in relationship loops. 
You're like, man, it's a different name, but the same thing. What happened? I'm stuck in a loop here. I'll tell you why. Because you keep looking for people you want to sleep with instead of people you want to serve. And when you enter into a relationship for what I can receive, you get stuck in feedback. If you want to know, how do I know I'm supposed to marry them? Here it is. Not they make you happy, but you want to wake up every day of your life making them happy. That's a great way to, because some of you are like, oh, in that case, I don't love him. <laughs> I mean, he cute and he can kiss, but mm-mm. I don't want to serve his broke butt. Uh-uh. I don't want to serve him. No, no. Some of y'all in a loop with your career because you keep thinking about your career in the context of what that platform means for you, but not how you can use that platform to help other people find their platform. Some of y'all money, your bag is in a loop because you keep thinking about your money in the context of what it can buy you, not what it can buy other people. You're in a loop. It's feedback, and it's not working. We got to give. But I know why we don't, because we don't got it. Or we feel like the little we do have, we got to hold on to, because if I lose this, I lose it all. And by the way, pastor, I don't know that I can be involved in this ministry or helping her, because I've got some issues. Join the club. Well, let me tell you something about me, and you might be able to say amen to this. I got gaps. I got big gaps in my life, gaps in my character, gaps in my talent, gaps in my skill. I got gaps, but here's the other side of it, and I got grace. I got gaps. I have gaps, and I have grace. Let me read a passage of scripture to you very quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may bound in every good work. That's a whole lot of all. All, 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 all. <laughs> all grace, all sufficiency, all things, all times. There's a contradiction in that verse. If you read it slowly, if you study it, there's a contradiction. How can you have all things at all times? That makes no sense. Because all times means good times and? Ah, but a bad time is defined by the fact that you don't have the thing you need for that time. If you don't got the money to pay the rent, that's a bad time. It's a bad time. If you don't got the character to overcome temptation, that's a bad time. So how can you have all things at all times? Unless God never promised all things for all times. Read it again. Put it up on the screen again. And God is able to make all and the grace will become sufficient for all things at all times. I'm thinking about Paul three chapters later in chapter 12 when the Bible says he has a thorn in his flesh, but we don't know what it is. And I'm thankful because if he did, we would either be like ours is worse than that or ours isn't as bad as that. But he left it general so that we can identify. And he asked God to take away the thorn. And God said, I can't take it away. And Paul said, why? He said, because you got everything you already need. And Paul said, I don't got everything I need. He goes, uh-huh, my grace is sufficient for you. And when you have my grace, you got everything that you need, baby. Yeah, you do. So what is grace? Because there are books written on it, novels written on it, and I got five minutes left to explain it. So I'm going to give you a sentence and show you a picture. Here's the sentence. Grace is what you can do when you can't do it. What do you mean? Well, I'm going to show you this glove. This glove has gaps. How many people can see Zoom in on these gaps. Go ahead. 
in. Here we go. Okay, I messed it up. We didn't practice that. My bad. Hey, look, this glove has gaps. If this glove has gaps, say amen. Amen. Just make sure you're with me. It's got gaps. Gaps here. It's got gaps here. It's got gaps here. It's got a big old gap right there. It's got gaps. But at the same time, this glove was made for a purpose. The way it was sewn together, the, it smells good. I bought this at Walmart this morning. It smells so great. Brand new leather, y'all. Leather, leather. The animal had to die to make this glove. Like Jesus had to die to make you. It was a sermon. It was a preaching. <laughs> oh, I just put that together right now. It's well-stitched. Hey, this, 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 this glove has a purpose. Do you agree? And it's, and it's made to make a difference. Do you agree? So why can't it pick up that Bible? Because even though it was made for a purpose, it's, it's got gaps. But let's, let's try and get this glove to pick up that Bible, and then we'll go home. Maybe what this glove needs to pick up that Bible is some encouragement. You can do it, glove. You can do it, glove. You can do it, glove. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who comforts me and gives me strength. Go. Didn't work, guys. I know what this glove needs. Not encouragement. This glove needs discipleship. This is how you do it, glove. You use the opposable thumb part. You hold it on that side. You take the other four fingers. You could go to four. It's really a matter of preference at that point. And, you, and then you grip and then you lift. That's how you do it, glove. I'm going to disciple you. Go, do it. No, no dice. Maybe it doesn't need encouragement. Maybe it doesn't need discipleship. Maybe what it needs is to get in a good small group. Come on, it needs fellowship. And so we got some other gloves. Come on, all different colors because we're a multicultural church here. Amen. We got blue people. And so maybe it needs other gloves to be like, you can do a glove. You can do it. It's not going to work. It's not working. You know why it's not working? Because this glove has gaps. And it doesn't need encouragement or discipleship or fellowship. It needs strength. It needs ability. It needs power. But thank God, it's got gaps. Because those gaps make space for God's grace. Are you... The thing that made me unable to do the thing is the thing that makes me able to do the thing. Are you with me or did I lose you? The very thing that I thought disqualified me from ministry, my testimony, my gaps, are the thing that God uses for ministry in my life. The very reason I thought he would never call me is the very reason why he uses me. And now, what began as my need, put that verse up there one more time, verse, verse, verse 10. Now he, verse 9, verse 9, verse 9, real quick, real quick. 9, 9, 9, yeah, 8, that's it. And God is able to make all grace abound in you, so that having all sufficient in all things, all times you may abound in every good, every good, every good, every good. What was a need became an opportunity for God to feed, which became an opportunity for me to feed other people. That's grace. 
If you ever look at me and wonder, I wonder how Pastor JJ gets up there and preaches fire messages every Sunday. Can I tell you something? I wonder the same thing about myself. I ask myself the same question until I realize this illustration. I'm just the glove. There's nothing special about me. All I did was make myself available. All I said was, God, put me in your hands. Because in your hands, I can do something special with my gaps. In your hands, I can make a difference in this world. In your hands, I can preach. In your hands, I can love strangers. In your hands, I can lead a church. In your hands, I can love all my neighbor. In your hands, you might not be much in your hands, but in God's hand, in God's hand, you can change the world. In God's hand, in God's hand, in God's hand. So there are people in the room today, listen, that's you. This is you, man. This is how you feel. And you got kids to raise. You got jobs to do, you got a business to run, you got music to write, you're trying to live a holy life, but you can't, just can't stay away from that stuff. You can't stay away from those things, and it's like, how do I even overcome that? You can't. You don't have the strength to overcome it, but grace, yes, yes. but grace fills yes, the gaps. So if you got gaps today, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you got gaps all over this room, begin to tell the Lord, fill me right now. Fill me right now with your presence. Fill me right now with your spirit. When we say Holy Spirit in this church, what we mean is God in the form of filling your gaps. He fills your heart. He fills your soul. He fills your insecurities. He fills your doubts. He fills your weaknesses. He fills your pain. He fills it. He fills it. He fills it. He fills it. All over this room, Father, we pray right now that you would fill our emptiness, that you would fill our voice. I don't feel like much. I just feel like a glove. I don't got a lot. I can't give a lot. I'm limp. I know I got potential, but potential's all I got. I know I got design, but it feels like design is all I got. That's okay. God can fill it. God can fill it. Come on, receive right now the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit in your life right now. Come on, receive it. Receive the Holy Spirit right now. We need you to fill our lives. Come on, put yourself in his hands. Put yourself in his hands. Put yourself in his hands. Put yourself in his hands hand right now. Put yourself in it. You're not empty because you don't have talent or skill. You're empty because it's been a long time since you've had a relationship with Jesus. And your heart is empty. And I want to let you know that no measure of success, you heard Jolie, no child, no relationship, no spouse can ever fill the gap. Only Jesus. 
and it's been a long time since you've made that decision. Maybe you've never made that decision. You got invited to church today by a friend. You're watching online. It's as simple as a prayer. Now, what follows that prayer isn't simple. What follows that prayer is life change that God will empower you to do. So don't worry about that part. He'll help you get rid of the cigarettes. He'll help you get, get rid of the alcohol. He'll help you get rid of the sex. He'll, he'll help you get rid of that. But, but you just got to put, put, your, put, your, put your hand in me, Jesus. And I'll do it. And he'll do it. He'll do it. So if you're in this room today and you're watching online and you want to make that decision to be filled with Jesus. That's the perfect illustration. Just take my life, Lord. Do with me what you will. That's you. When I say three all over this building, every head but every eye closed, all over this building, you want Jesus in your heart. You want him to fill your heart with his love. That's you. When I say three, shoot your right hand to the sky as a signal. One, two, forget about who's to your left or to your right. This is between you and God. You need this now more than ever. All over this building. One, two, three right now. Shoot your right hand up high. Shoot your right hand up high. Come on. I see your hand. One. Come on. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Amen. Go ahead. Put your hands down. Let's pray together. All those nine who lifted their hands, all those who didn't worship team, let's pray together right now. Repeat after me, church. Father God, Father God, I'm empty. I'm empty. I got some serious gaps. But today I heard that if I put myself in your hands, you can fill everyone. You can fill everyone. So I stopped trying today. So I stopped trying. Today. I stopped striving today. I put myself in your hands. Forgive me of my sins. I want to start a new life today. But I'm going to need your help. Holy Spirit, fill my heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Come on, help me welcome those nine people and many more online to the family of Jesus Christ here at Dirty Church. Welcome, 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 welcome. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.